Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Hopefully everybody is holding up as we approach the holiday season with the Carolina Panthers dropping another game this weekend. The Charlotte Hornets helping to do the same thing, dropping both of their games over the weekend. I hope everybody's still doing all right. Hopefully everybody's looking forward to Turkey Day, Christmas after that. There are some brighter days on the horizon. It's just not happening here, at least in a sports fashion in the city of Charlotte. Thanks for listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We're going to be with you from 12 to 3 p.m. Also taking your comments, your thoughts, your questions on the Carolina Men's Clinic text line. That text line is 704-570-9610, 704-570-9610. We also have a big shot in the studio today. Fitty has been giving him all sorts of hell for trying to go Hollywood on us. Not even trying. He did. The one and only, Wes Bryant, putting the W in the CW over the weekend, ah. calling the game between Duke and Virginia, and it's your first ever time being a color analyst mm-hmm. for a major college football game. And by the way, doing so with the CW that everybody had their fun with joking about because it was the what the like the old school sitcom type of channel yes. that eventually would pick up college Watch football. The Wayans Brothers, yeah, Jamie Foxx show, all oh, that. Oh yeah, Smallville. yeah. There's yeah. a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. I got my I got my Wake Forest Dave Clawson Clawson's Creek jokes all over the place this okay. past couple of weeks. But all of that to say, they've done a great job this year. I think broadcasting games, zero complaints that I've seen from the CW. And they made a good choice this weekend by having you broadcast alongside Evan Lepler, the play-by-play yes. voice. How was the experience up in Charlottesville, Wes? Man, it was great. You know, I had a great time. So thankful, man. So appreciative. So humbled to be able to get that opportunity, man. It, it was tremendous. It's something I've been uh, wanting to do always, working my way towards. And it happened uh, by, you know, it was one of those things that I was supposed to be doing the sideline and uh, just so happened to cut a color analyst that was supposed to be doing the job back back pain man couldn't even make the trip so he said yeah i'm gonna move you up into the booth and i was just like man did the bird man rubbing my hands together you know what i'm saying i was like <laughs> all right let's go uh you know did they I- put some respect on your name like Birdman? <laughs> hopefully they did went up there talked to the coaches virginia uh, and those guys great staff talked to the duke coaches as well and we got a great football game so we were fortunate to be able to get a lot of moments where we could really have some fun with some things. And Duke went down and Virginia, this team, all they've been through, you know, with their teammates that passed away in that senseless shooting. And then, uh, you know, having the, the running back in the hospital still in Louisville right? Uh, that was hurt. And it was just a lot for them to deal with. And so for them to come out and answer the way that they did, man, it was a tremendous 
Tremendous game. That's right, Big Cat Dan texting in straight fire to see Wes on the call. I uh, believe he also said, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm trying to find some more compliments. I know I saw more than just the one. Uh, yeah, Big Cat Dan again. I peeped that game. Wes was elite. Yeah, man, I cast. appreciate that, man. I try. You know, you know. Uh, I was telling somebody this morning, I said, man, you know, we have our pantheon of broadcasters, and I've always been that way, a student of the game. And I said, I just thought about Madden a lot, man. I thought about John Madden. I was like, <laughs> man, I said, I wonder if Madden would be proud of what I just put down, man. Because I really admired Madden from a professional standpoint, man. I loved him. He, he, him and Keith Jackson, those are my two guys, mm-hmm. man. So I was just thinking about man. I said, I hope I'm, I'm, I'm on top of my son, my mom, and everybody else that matters. <laughs> I was like, but I hope I made John. Madden proud. But yeah, so John Madden first, wherever he is, <laughs> eating a turducken somewhere. That's right. In the month of November, yeah. as we approach Thanksgiving, was he eating his turducken happy with Wes Bryant's yeah. performance? He said, boom! On the scene. I mean, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, this Wes guy here. Yeah. I love what Wes say, is doing. Uh, you know, and he, he, got up, he did a great call. Give me my and, turducken. Yeah, anyway, boom! Yo, I'm going to order a turducken at some point one Thanksgiving. It's happening. I would love to try it. it if if we thought great. about it early enough, if you would have just had an early enough John Madden reference, then maybe we could have cooked something up ourselves. <laughs> Because you can order it from that restaurant, and they'll send it to you. I know it's going to cost an arm and a leg, Mm -hmm. but I want to be able to try it. That would be great. I wish we could have done a food review on the show. I guess, I don't know, maybe you could still do it. Man, you'd have to pay rush delivery on that thing, probably $150. Or if we just did it post-Thanksgiving going into Christmas, that way, I don't know. We could. Oh, that might be something for when we get closer to the Christmas holidays, I will order a turducken. That would be sweet. That would be and sweet. And then we can try it on air. Fiddy, would you be down to try a turducken? Oh, yeah, he would. You're talking about a chicken and a duck stuck stuffed inside turkey? Yes. Hell yes. <laughs> you know what? When you put it that way, that was a stupid question. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fiddy's not turning that down. I'm sorry for starting the show off with what was obviously a stupid question. Thank you for allowing me to see the error of my ways when Josh Fiddy Marlowe. All right, speaking of Josh Fiddy Marlowe, he's the bus driver. He's going to help us pull up to the scene. Great job out of West this weekend. Not Thank so you, great guys. job Thank you. out of the Carolina Panthers this weekend against the Dallas Cowboys just yesterday. They fall 33-10, to and that was the ninth loss of the season in only 10 games played. Let's pull up to the scene and get off the bus, Mr. Marlowe. Let me look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. All right, before we start, though, we got a couple people writing in here, Wes, that we really don't even have to go to the John Madden restaurant for turduckins. Wolfcack says Fresh Market does them. Oh! Chad from Charlotte said Harris Teeter has them frozen. So we got some turduckins in our it's life going if you want to go get it. All it's right, going we can down. do a food review. Yep. Uh, yeah, Fresh Market, people are letting us know. You, you guys are the, the best. The text line is clutch, man. You guys are so clutch. Some of them can get silly on there, but for the most part, they're great. We love them. And they definitely come through with the info. All right. We appreciate everybody for letting us know that we can get a turducken and it does not have to be all that hard. All right. It's hard getting a win, though. We know how bad it is for the Carolina Panthers. It's brutal out here, Wes. I think through the first half and even going into the third quarter, it was not as bad as I thought. Which says where we are as a (laughs) fan base and as a state watching this football team every single weekend. But going into this game, watching the way it unfolded, the offense was still bad. I'm not trying to say that they were lighting it up by any means. 17 play drive. I mean, that is 
that is Panthers hilarious. do have some long drives. Well, because because there's no explosive plays. <laughs> right. So every play is going to pick up six yards. At the most, they're going to have... I mean, I saw this. I was going to wait until a little bit later in the show to bring this up. Mm-hmm. But I saw John Ellis post this stat. And it's shocking, to be honest with you. The Panthers have run 116 offensive plays over the last two weeks. 1.7% of those plays, two total, netted 20 or more yards. The November game breakers that were able to do that, Michael Strawn in the Thursday night game against Chicago, I believe his only reception of the year, and Steven Sullivan, who had a 20-yard back shoulder throw from Bryce Young in yesterday's game against the Cowboys. Those are your only two 20 or more yard gains in the last 116 offensive plays run. So going to your point, going to your point, Wes, you're right. If you score, it's going to have to be a long, tedious, drawn-out drive that's going to waste about seven or eight minutes because you're picking them up in the run game. You had to go for it on a couple of fourth down conversion attempts where you're throwing in what is kind of a tight window, five yards past the line of scrimmage to Adam Thielen, who is the only one showing up in the passing game again consistently. And once you threw the pick six, it was over. That was the time where the game was absolutely over for this Panthers team. They score 16 points, does Dallas in the fourth, and they walk away with another loss. How does this get better, Wes? How does it get better before the season ends, if it's even possible? Do you have an answer? Because the reason I'm asking you is because I don't know. Well, one (laughs) way it's going to get better that you don't have to play against Michael Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence. On C4. uh, The rest of the week. Uh, I I thought Micah Parsons was scary enough until he said, yeah, I drank C4. I had to mix (laughs) it with water to make it go down. And I thought my heart was going to pound out of my chest. And that's how he was able to get two sacks in like five snaps. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want Micah Parsons. And I certainly don't want him on rocket fuel as the sideline, as the uh, the booth suggested he drank before the game started. So that's uh, part of the problem. You won't have to play against those guys. So that will help you out a little bit. You've got the Titans coming in. They're not the most offensively explosive team. So there's another plus for you. So it's just going to go opponent by opponent, week to week. As far as the Panthers just internally, what can they do to make it better? I don't know what you do. Because like I said earlier in the week, I questioned why you got rid of Throckmorton. Yes, he was bad. But for Chandler Zavala, Chandler Zavala, he is the worst offensive lineman draft selection by the Panthers ever. Okay, I had to put some emphasis on that. It's really bad. Yeah. He gets out there. I'm sure Dave Dorn is calling him. He's like, man, what is going on? You're making my recruiting look crazy out here the way you're playing right now. But just the interior of that offensive line, there's no fixes at this point. You're going to have to go with what you have. Then the tackles, we see Taylor Moten. He's been the most steady, but he still hasn't been great. Then Icky's still been having his struggles. It's calmed down a little bit, but he's still having his struggles. But there's nothing you can do. The guys you have are the guys you have. You can't call Orlando Pace and get him out of retirement. Call, uh, what's my man from the from the Browns? Uh, Whoever. Joe right. Thomas. Can't call Joe Thomas out of retirement. You can't do any of that stuff, man. So that's that. The other receivers, DJ Chark, I don't even know why he's out there, to be frank. No, I mean, he's just there. I, I, you know, I thought DJ Chark was going to help this team. I Place did. Holder. He hasn't helped at all. Like, yeah. he hasn't helped whatsoever. I, I thought with him being able to stretch the field, 
he posted some good games for Detroit when he was healthy last year. And even if he's healthy, if he's hurt, he's just not helping this football team at all. The only not time he helps all. is if he doesn't have anybody covering him. If there's a busted coverage against Seattle, that's the only time that we can point to DJ Chark and said, yeah, he made a play. Let's go to Frank Reich because I think a big question is, can we get a fair evaluation on Bryce Young right now with everything so bad around him? Here's what the head coach had to say. You know, I, listen, I obviously watch him closely and – I'm very encouraged and optimistic about a lot of things and who he is and the player he is and he can make every throw, how he processes it, um, you know, how he's handling, you know, how he's handling a difficult season so far, you know, um, I really respect the way he's handling it himself and, you know, fighting through it. So, um, you know, physically I, I see him, you know, every day, you know, working hard, getting better, um, you know, Understanding what we're doing, why we're doing it, being engaged in the process, you know, him being engaged in the process more and more. Um, and he's great to work with. I love going, I love sitting in those meetings with him. Uh, you know, we as a group uh, trying to figure out ways to get better, make this offense better. Yeah, he didn't answer the question because it's impossible. I know. I, I don't think you can get a fair evaluation. Look, it doesn't mean that we have to have this debate about whether it makes sense to sit Bryce Young the rest of the year or not. People were calling for Bryce Young to sit the rest of the game once it got out of hand. They were saying don't throw him out there because the offensive line can't block any of the Cowboys defensive linemen. You were already down, what was it, 20 at the time of them having about four minutes left to go in that game, maybe five more so than that. So people were discussing sitting Bryce the rest of that game, but there are also more and more increasing thoughts about Bryce Young sitting. I just, I just don't know how we can get a real fair evaluation of what Bryce Young is doing right now. He missed some guys yesterday, but there were a couple of the shots that he missed. Greg Olson talked about it downfield. Yeah, pick six was a bad ball. It was. Also, if you look at that Play, Bland just made a break on it. Boy, he stuck his foot in the ground and dove and then had enough of the get-up to that go and score. That was drills right there, that's, man. That's a crazy pick. Yes. Deron Bland has been sensational this year. And so, yeah, we can put it on Bryce. I think both things can be true. You can't throw it. I also did not expect to pick six when he released the football to where Bland was at the time. Just an incredible play, but still a bad interception from Bryce Young. Yet we still know the offensive line. It's terrible. Nobody besides Adam Thielen is able to produce on any kind of consistent basis. I, I don't like people that want to say Bryce Young is terrible. Okay, he's not been good. I'm not trying to get it twisted, but I would like to see what QB, what rookie QB can overcome everything happening here in Carolina to the point where you can say, yeah, he would have this team in a much different situation. Yeah, when you talk about just the offensive line, we keep going back to that, but when you talk about a guy who barely has time to get back there and make decisions soundly, then, as you said, the receiving core, not that great outside of Adam Thielen and the way that he's been playing this year, it would be hard for a pro bowl, perennial pro bowler to get back there and thrive because a lot of people do like to point to the Andy Dalk game against Seattle, but that wouldn't have been a thing every week. This offensive line is just not strong enough. The run game's just not strong enough. The receiving core is just not strong enough. People think Andy Dalton would be sitting there with 4,000 yards and this offense would be formidable, and I just don't think that that would be the case. I think he did play well against Seattle. Let's give him credit there, but I just think all in all, you know, this offense – they're going to have their struggles no matter 
who the quarterback is because of how bad it is up front. We'll constantly vent about the Panthers' loss as the show goes on. We'll open it up a little bit more with some Panthers discussion on the other side of the break. But how about Joel Klatt joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline? He'll help us dissect what we saw this past weekend in college football and what we can expect to see in the college football playoff. Joel Klatt coming up next. Wes and Walker, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Wesson Walker back on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We'll have plenty more Carolina Panthers discussion still to come. What are the chances that we see Frank Reich or Scott Fitterer let go before season's end? Wes, is there a chance that we even see it today? We will have those questions a little bit later on. And everybody that listens to the show... They know that we have the breaking news sounder ready to go, and then we get the reaction oh, from people us. People are going to be jumping today. Yeah. it. What what Fiddy has the power to do, though, here is he uh. has a shot. <laughs> if he has another David Sharp released type of news statement, but we don't get it until after the breaker, we're going to be expecting monster news, and then it's going to be something to the tune of, yeah, they announced somebody's rise from the practice squad right. to the main yeah. roster. But and I think people today are going to be on high alert. I know. That's why Fiddy has a lot of power, a little too much. I'm a little scared of it, to be yeah. honest with you. I don't know how I'm going to react because I ex- I expect a couple of jokes from Fiddy with some of the breaking news. And sounders. people out there, please stay calm while driving when you hear the breaking news alert. Do <laughs> not swerve on the road That's in right. anticipation. Yeah, please don't. Yeah, please don't do that. You know, don't be a don't be a Fiddy like it's raining. Okay, don't be like that. All right, let's go to the Body Works Plus guest hotline and discuss a little more college football over the weekend. What we can expect going forward. Let's welcome Fox Sports analyst Joel Klatt, host of the Joel Klatt Show, part of the. A- team with Gus Johnson and before we go into anything else I do want to ask you this Joel uh, I, I gotta ask what it's like going into every game knowing it's going to come down to the wire because of the Gus effect what's that like for you <laughs> well it's certainly exciting I I'm super fortunate and thankful to have worked with Gus now for this is our ninth season together and yeah the Gus effect is is full and it's real and (laughs) and every exciting game becomes that much more exciting because of Gus and I've got the best seat uh, in the in the house certainly every single week so I'm thankful for that yeah you've done a great job alongside him I know a lot of people love that particular broadcast Joel has partnered with Hampton by Hilton by the way joining us here today Joel how can Hampton by Hilton help fans and other frequent travelers uh, making their trips easier during the upcoming holiday season. 
Yeah, it's really you know, you know three different ways that, 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 that Hampton by Hilton makes my life easier. So one, I travel well over 100 nights a year. It's, it's constant and all over the country, you know, in all different places. And I need a, a hotel brand that is everywhere that I need to be, and that's Hampton by Hilton. The next thing is is consistency for me. I'm, I'm a creature of habit. I'm a regimented guy. I'm a son of a Marine, you know, so I need things to be consistently right and, and the way that I want them. And that's what Hampton by Hilton provides. And then I need extra value, guys. And I think all of us can relate to that. Whether you're traveling with your family or traveling alone, you want to feel like you've got some extra value in where you're staying. And Hampton by Hilton does that with their free breakfast for me. That consistency of great service, comfortable room, the breakfast for the added value, where I want to stay and where I need to be, those are the reasons why I love Hampton by Hilton, and I'm sure you're going to love them too. Joe West Bryan here, and around these parts, we're definitely concerned with ACC football. And so we saw a catastrophic injury on Saturday with Jordan Travis of Florida State. What do you feel that does as far as the ACC championship is concerned? They also have to play Florida before that. And do you think that Tate Rotomaker uh, can get the job done for them in these games? Well, they, they better hope. I, I, I would just say that it's happened before. Guys, late in the 2014 season, what did we see? We saw JT Barrett go down and then Cardell Jones had to come in the game and led Ohio State not only to the playoff, but to the national championship. And so it's, it's, it's there for Tate Rodemaker. He can do that. Now, does he, does he have that ability? We'll see. And, and Florida State has been a team that, let's face it, has been inconsistent at times, even though they've remained undefeated, and that was even with Jordan Travis. I believe that the committee is going to be really watching this team, and in particular this week against Florida, to see if they can maintain a level of dominance or performance that you can say equates to being a top-four team in college football. Not that I agree with this, but with the number of teams that are vying for these four playoff spots, really good teams with strong resumes, I think that Florida State, even as an undefeated, if they don't prove that they can play at a really high level without Jordan Travis, the committee may go in a different direction. So the, the, the onus is on the Seminoles, in particular this week, against a Florida team that is not very good, has lost four straight, lost badly to Utah earlier in the year on the road. They need to go out there and be dominant. And if they can do that, then they will maintain that position of kind of win and in against Louisville in the ACC championship game. Yeah, you touched on it a little bit, and I was going to ask. I know the committee definitely is a big eye test group, and so without Jordan Travis now, is there a scenario to where they could finish undefeated and the committee could say, well, yeah, but we still don't think this is one of the top four teams without their guy. We're going to put somebody else in that spot. As, as much as, as everyone would, would hate that, and I'm, and I'm one of them, by the way, because my heart breaks for that in, injury, and I want games to matter on the field, but I do think that there's a scenario where they could be undefeated, squeak by Florida, squeak by Louisville, and depending on what happens around the country, you could see somebody pass them because of the strength of some of those teams that even have a loss. I, whether we like it or not, I think that that's on the table. Uh, I don't think that you can say with 100% confidence that Florida State controls their own destiny to go to the college football playoff. 
Joel Clad joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Let's take it out of the ACC for just a moment. I did want to ask you about, of course, the Michigan-Ohio State game, a battle between two and three opponents here. What is the number one storyline heading into this one? Well, it's it's easy to think that it's the sign stealing, you know, saga mm-hmm. that's going on, and certainly that's going to take up a lot of of space in the talk and the conversation leading up to the game. But for me, it's 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 really about the offensive and defensive lines, and I know that that's not a a, a sexy thing to talk about. But when you when you look at these teams, Michigan has struggled in the last two weeks protecting the passer, and namely because this is one of the first times that we've seen them have to throw the ball. For so long during the course of the year, they've remained consistent and dominant enough to throw the ball when they wanted to versus when they had to. And now in the last couple of weeks against Penn State and then against Maryland last week, we've seen them get into situations and be put into situations where they had to throw the football. Well, it didn't go great. J.J. didn't look great. He's clearly banged up. The pass protection fell apart a little bit. And so how that materializes against Ohio State is going to be a big factor in who wins this game. And on the flip side, you know, the, the ability of the Ohio State offensive line to continue to open up run lanes for Travion Henderson, that has been a huge breakout in the second half of the season. This Ohio State run guy, game, which was not great early, then Henderson was banged up. Now in the last four, it's come alive. And that group up front has done a really nice job. And the game rests in, in the hands of each offensive line. Michigan's got to protect the passer. Ohio State's got to continue to run the football well. Um, for each of those teams to find success. Joel Collat on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can follow him on Twitter at Joel Collat. And, Joel, when you look at that North Carolina-Clemson matchup, Clemson holds Drake May to his lowest completion percentage of his career and lowest pass efficiency rating. Is there any concern there with him when he's playing against some of the more upper echelon defenses? And then also, too, on the back of that, uh, do you feel like Clemson is working its way back to maybe being a force next season? Well, I would hope so. I really was a big believer in Clemson coming into this year, to be honest with you. And I, I felt like this year's performance from them was, was disappointing. Let's, let's face it. Um, can't be anything but that when you've played – and put yourself on the level that they have done over the course of the last five, six, seven, eight years. Um, on, on the Drake May side, I, I would just say, like, I'm, I'm not as worried. You look at his game, it translates so well. Drake is one of the really, really good anticipatory throwers that we have in college football, and one of the better ones that I've evaluated over the course of the last few years. He's got a really unique ability to get the ball out into what I would call tight windows, and he does so with an immense amount of confidence. Um, that's going to translate. Now, quarterbacks are always going to have you know ups and downs. Does he play better against lesser competition? Obviously. I think that every player is going to do that. But when I saw him, and, and I've only seen him live one time, but guys, I had him in the Holiday Bowl last year. I was blown away. I loved my, my meeting with him, his personality, his approach to the game. His quality of play that night in San Diego was outstanding, even in a loss. There's always going to be times when you don't play your best, and he didn't play his best against Clemson, and that's understandable. But to me, he's still clearly the second-best quarterback in this class for next year, Uh, and he's a guy that I think has an immense amount of potential and talent and should be a really great player in the NFL for a long time. Joe, this is a as wide open of a Heisman race as I've seen in quite some time with so many worthy guys. Who do you have right now as your front runner? 
Well, it's tough not to say for me Michael Penix because he's undefeated and that team relies so heavily on him, right? That's a passing-oriented team. And even in a rainstorm, I don't think that win against Oregon State gets enough credit for Washington than, than what it should. That, that Oregon State team was 11th in the country. They had won 16 of the last 17 at home. Washington goes in there in a rainstorm. They're a one-dimensional passing offense, and, and they're able to still get the win. Pennix should be in the lead, and if he's able to remain undefeated, I think we'll, we'll probably win the trophy. What gets interesting, though, is if he struggles at all, pending how Bo Nix plays or even Marvin Harrison, there's going to be so much love, and rightly so, for Jaden Daniels and the way that he's played. Um, if I had to bet right now, I would bet on Jaden Daniels to win the Heisman Trophy, only because I think that across the country, not just in the South, but across the country, he's going to get really no less than a second-place vote. Regardless of who you're putting first, he's probably your second guy. And because of that, I think that he's probably going to take home the trophy. But it's a great race coming down the stretch. All right, one more football question before we get you out of here, Joel. You're an NFL draft analyst. You talked a little bit there about Drake May. We have Bryce Young here in Carolina. It's not going well for the Panthers, especially after this weekend. They fall to 1-9. and nine. What was your evaluation of Bryce Young transitioning to the next level? And how surprised are you to see it going so poorly? Well, you know, I, I'm not surprised. It, taking this jump to a team that, let's face it, it's not like Carolina was in a win-now proposition, at least not not in my estimation. That's a build, you know, and they're trying to build something for the future. Um, Bryce, to me, was a guy that processed information about as well as anybody that I had evaluated. He was accurate with the football, and to a certain degree, he was the reason why Alabama was able to play at such a high level last year because they did not play great at wide receiver. They weren't really what they had been on the defensive or even offensive line. And and he drugged them kind of to the finish line. I have an immense amount of respect for that. I think that he is a terrific, accurate passer. What he's going to continue to need to learn to do, though, is, is utilize the entirety of the offense. The interception he threw yesterday – uh, the, the pick six, or what was it, Brand took him for a pick six. He's got the tight end on the over route. He just needs to come to number two. And, and those are things that he will learn. And, and that development will take place. I, I have belief that Bryce Young is going to be a quality player. That's Fox Sports analyst Joel Klatt on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, host of the Joel Klatt Show, and partnering with Hampton by Hilton. Joel, final thing, where can people go for more information in order to help themselves travel with Hampton by Hilton this holiday season? Yeah, I talked about that consistency, guys, and, and, and what I expect on the road and, and how they constantly get it right. And if you want to get it right as well, whether you're traveling for the holidays or for uh, business, go to HamptonByHilton.com. You can see everything that they've got, all the locations that they've got that are so convenient to wherever you need to go. Uh, and I'm sure you're going to find the same thing that I do, which is Hampton by Hilton. They get it right, and they uh, allow you to be at your best on a day-in and day-out basis. That's one of the best in the business, helping us discuss the college football season that we've seen so far. Also, you can catch him on the call, Ohio State-Michigan Big Ten Championship game. Still plenty of college football left to go as we close out the season. Joel, we appreciate the time. Thank you so much for hopping on. You bet. Have a good one, guys.
Absolutely. Good stuff there from Joel Klatt. We'll put that interview on our website, WFNZ.com. And then we'll also uh, make sure that you can go to the Wesson Walker podcast tab if you wanted to hear it again or in case you missed a little bit of it. You're smiling. Why, Wes Bryant? Uh, because, for one, we need to talk continental breakfast. Uh, when he brought that up, I was uh, enjoying maybe the best hotel continental breakfast I've ever had this weekend for three days in a row. Okay. You got real. You got real low. You got a real <laughs> seductive-y, almost like you were trying to give Fitty. Well, the you know we, you you know we love the food here, man. And uh, continental Tell breakfast, it, it is huge. I mean, it was great. They had so many options. I stayed at the Hyatt Place in Charlottesville, and I know it's not the sponsor that Joel was pushing, but I mean, you're talking. You had a breakfast taco station. You had main entree station where they would have waffles, sausage, potatoes, whatever you name it. I mean, they had. Yogurt, fruit, granola. I mean, any way you wanted to flip it. Three, four different types of bread and donut holes, man. Come on. Like, no, it's a lot. I mean, if you if you have all of that stuff on top of a breakfast taco station. Yes. That's doing a lot. And, and I it appreciate was phenomenal. That. It's got to be great. I it every day. Yeah, there are times where <laughs> it, the last time I think that I had a continental breakfast, it was also very good. It was when I was in... Miami, or I think it was Tampa last year for one of my buddy's bachelor parties. And yeah, it's not like I was feeling the greatest the next morning because of a night out that yeah. I might have taken the previous night. But that breakfast hits and it gets you recharged quite a bit. Oh, yeah, man. The breakfast tacos were so mm -hmm. great. All right. So this has turned into an infomercial for Continental Breakfast. It doesn't really matter what hotel right now. We're now just some better than others. Some better yeah, than others man. for sure. Yeah. So all right. So all right. shout out to Hampton by Hilton and shout out to Hyatt Place right. yeah. for one Wes <laughs> Bryan. Let's go to the first fitty flash of the day. We might have some more breaking news later on. We'll see what kind of breaking news we get here. First fitty flash. What you got? It's all right to be a little fitty, a little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share. Might as well smile. Life goes on for a little fitty. Well, while we were sitting here yesterday watching Bryce Young struggle big time, Brian, who's decked out in 49er gear from heads up. I mean, who shows up wearing their gear of a team after winning a crap <laughs> after beating a crappy team the day before? Who would do such a thing? The joke is that Fitty, as we speak, has a Dallas Cowboys hat and a Dallas Cowboys hoodie on. But he got to he got to watch his quarterback post a perfect passer rating as they dismantled the box. They helped Carolina in the sense that they beat up on the NFC South, but Carolina can end up hold up their end of the bargain. Also, Wes, your safety. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just say Hafunga. Hafunga. It has been confirmed he has a torn ACL. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a big blow to the defense. He's a big-time playmaker, kind of in that Palomalu clone-ish. Not quite as great as him. Let me not, you know, get people riled up, especially Steelers fans. But uh, That's something you would do. You can't. When, when you bring up somebody's name, and then you want to be like, whoa, whoa. Now, yeah, I said, I, I said put you in the I'm mind. Just, of, I'm just you know saying. what I'm saying? He is okay. a big-time playmaker. But, yeah, that's a that's a big injury to him. But other than that, I, I think they should be fine. And, I mean, the party haters, I'm just continuing to sit here and just bask in the glory. Even though I was calling him uh, a lot of different names and inside my home well, during that three-game losing streak. Well, this is the thing, right? Like, you have the three bad games from Purdy, and yeah. so you, you can never be too comfortable if it happens again. Well, the Cleveland game, he put him in a position to win. He, he mm -hmm. had a drive against the number one defense in the league. I think they're top two or three to get him down there oh, and no, win. Just Moody missed the kick. So he did have that That's one true. done. Uh, but he's had his growing pains, man, but I love him. Love him, love him, love him. 
All right. Well, there you go. A newfound <laughs> love, maybe even an increased love for one Brock Purdy. Um, we'll talk a little more about that Jordan Travis injury. What do we make of Florida State's chances to get to the college football playoff? We'll discuss it and more ACC football. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Wesson Walker back at it. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We got a couple texts here on the Carolina Minute uh, Men's Clinic text line, Wes, comparing the Charlotte Hornets and the Carolina Panthers. And, you know, we talked about it a little bit on Locked on Hornets today. There's one major difference between the two teams. The major difference right now, despite both teams being real down bad, it's that the rookie is performing well for Charlotte. The, the second overall pick performing better with the Hornets than what the rookie is doing with Carolina. It does not mean that that's going to remain true. It doesn't mean that Bryce Young is in a fantastic situation. And that's why, and even despite that, Brandon Miller is performing better. There is maybe one or two bright spots that you can point to with the Hornets. But for the most part, Wes, it's, it's tough watching them lose over the last Two games, they fall to three and nine. They lost both games over the weekend. They had a back-to-back Friday. They played the Milwaukee Bucks in the in-season tournament game, got killed, and then they played the New York Knicks on Saturday night. They lost 122 to 108. This is a team that is three and nine to the first 12 games. They're one and six at home. This record is not any better than what the record was last year when they had quite a few injuries that they were dealing with. I don't know if I have any answers for how the Hornets get better this season. We're going to have a lot of coach firing talk, just discussing the possibility of it. Steve Clifford is in that conversation, especially with new ownership. Mitch Kupchak, just like Scott Fitterer, you can make parallels all day long. Both of the general managers are in real danger of losing their job, not only at the end of the season, because that might be a foregone conclusion for both guys at this point. Really, it might be a matter of timing as to when they lose their job. But the Charlotte Hornets, outside of making a trade, wild trades, that is, to improve their team, even with Miles playing pretty well over this weekend, playing well in back-to-back games for the most part. Brandon Miller giving you his best game of his young career so far. I just don't know what the answer is as to how the Hornets can get back on track. Wes, not only is this nowhere close to a playoff team, they're the third worst team in the Eastern Conference. They got beat by each of the teams behind them in Detroit and Washington. I don't have any answers. I'll ask you again, just like I did with the Panthers. (laughs) Do you have anything for me this time on the Hornets, Wes? I mean, first... You got to try to look at some of the positives. I mean, Brandon Miller looks like he's definitely a hit at that pick. 
And one thing I saw, I always look for some of the little things. And when he hit one of the threes, he got amped up, man. And he's yelling at guys, like, screaming, let's go, let's go. They need that. Those are the type of trades that need to be made. They've got to make some trades for chemistry. They need to make some trades for locker room by the time the All-Star break comes. They've got to get some more guys in here who who really care, who really want to win. The, the old saying who hate losing more than they love winning. And I just don't think that the Hornets have enough of those. How you make the team better, I guess, for one, you start with seeing them in in their hole when you bring – Terry Rozier back, but it's not going to change the defense and how putrid it's been. And it's a mentality with these guys. I'm convinced at this point because a lot of these guys are too good athletes to get out there and play the terrible defense that they play. We've seen them at times from each of these guys be good defensively. And it's going to finally take some type of shift in their mentalities that they want to play defense, that they are desperate to win. And you just don't get that sense from them walking. The only thing for me with this team is it's mental. I think they've got enough talent to at least compete to get into the playoffs, whether it be a, a play-in spot. I think there's enough talent there to do that, but it's got to want to – there's got to be a want to with this group. And I think that's the biggest thing that's missing. It's just mentality. Do these guys want it bad enough? I don't see it right now. And I don't know if we will see it. And that's why I think there's going to have to be wholesale changes with this roster in order to change up the culture. And we hear about that word a lot, the culture. The, the, the Heat just put it on those ugly-ass jerseys they made with Heat and culture on the front that's of them. Right. They are terrible. They're bad. Okay? They're real bad. But the Hornets need some jerseys like that for something to be on their mind subconsciously about their culture. The Hornets do not have a winning culture. They do not have a winning mentality. And that's a huge, huge problem for them. So some some observations from the weekend for me. One, you know how much I value P.J. Washington as a player. God awful this weekend. No wow. doubt about it. One of ten and barely, barely got a bucket in this game against the Knicks. I thought he wasn't going to score at all. And he finally made one. But it was in garbage time. It didn't matter. And six turnovers. You, you can't go one of ten. You also can't have six turnovers. So awful, no good, very bad game from P.J. Washington. Gordon Hayward. One of nine against Milwaukee. Like, PJ was one of three against Milwaukee. Yeah, you would like to see him more involved. But one of three, that just means, and, and they were all three-point shots. That's a fundamental style of play where you're just looking to other guys rather than PJ. You look to PJ against New York, and he didn't deliver. PJ just wasn't there against the Bucks. Gordon went one of nine in that game. And then against the Knicks, he went one of seven. One of seven. So, it, to me, it looks like there's a problem when Miles Bridges comes back, how do you use P.J. Washington? How do you use Gordon Hayward? Because believe it or not, with the team that does not have much depth, you actually do have a little bit of depth at that spot, the malleable like three to four real small ball five position. How do they coexist on the court with one another? We've been asking this question since P.J. Washington was drafted. The reason people didn't like P.J. then was they felt it was a little redundant with Miles already on the roster. The way that that works is when PJ's playing ball, small ball five, Miles goes to the four. But when you're rolling with your traditional lineups, can you roll with PJ four, Miles three? I mean, I in theory, I think you can. I just don't think that these guys understand what their offensive role is when each other is out there on the court. And, and Gordon seems a little bit more like a connector. Those were some things I noticed. Last thing for me, though. 
there's a lot of calling for Steve Clifford's job. I'm not here to defend it. Like, I get it. New ownership. The team is not playing well defensively. They did the second half of last year. But now that you have more guys in the fold, it looks terrible. I, I expect him to be gone at some point. I just don't know when that's going to look. But, Wes, Steve Clifford went zone over the weekend. Like Steve Clifford is a guy of principle. He is a guy that is going to stick with what got him here. Stuck, stick with what allowed some of the success that he's had in the past. And he's had a little, not a lot, but he's had a little. And we talked about his, you know, ideas on playing good enough defense and playing the right way so you can compete in the postseason. But even over the weekend, he went through a couple of different things that he was throwing out there. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you throw out there. Very James Borrego-esque defensively. Like, to give credit to Borrego in some areas, he tried a lot of different stuff. It just didn't work. We're at that point with Steve Clifford. And, Wes, once you get to that point, I can't give you any answers, and I can't give you any job security. I think that's what the head coach is facing. Yeah, and Terrence Ogilvy, when he came on the show, Ogilvy came on and he said, you know, this team, I don't feel like they're in danger of becoming the LaMelo show. But the reason I asked the question is this team is starting to look like those classic teams that the point guard takes all the shots and does all the stuff and gets his numbers and everybody else just kind of figures it out. And because when you look at LaMelo, whether you want to go by analytics, I mean, he's negative 32 the first time they played the Knicks. He's negative 16 this last matchup, negative 18 versus Milwaukee, 17 turnovers in his last three games. It's not winning basketball. And he at some point has to understand it can't just be about my actions. I can't just go out and score 30, chuck up a bunch of shots and think that that's going to lead guys. You're the point guard. The culture starts with you. You're the $200 million man. You've got to be the, coming, the guy that comes into the locker room sets the table for everybody, and holds guys accountable. And to be frank, he's not that guy, and I'm not sure that he'll get to the point where he is that guy. He's a very fun-loving kid. He's a great kid, but I don't know if that animal is in there for him to where he flips the switch on guys and it's like, listen, this is what I'm requiring of you. This is what I need from you. We need to go do it. I don't know that that's there for him, and I don't know if it will be. Let's go back to the college ranks. It's the Campus Corner coming up next on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 FM.